0: My next interview is with Amanda, recipe developer for Food & Wine magazine, Essence magazine, chef instructor at Sorla Table and Williams-Sonoma in California, and now semi-retired in Spain with her husband. Welcome to the Are We Home Yet? podcast where we talk to expats about what it's like living abroad. And they tell their stories, whether it's the struggles, the joys, falling in love, raising a family, managing a business in another country, and maybe still searching for that place they will one day call home. This is a place where you can listen, the guests and hosts will share, and maybe we'll all learn from these stories that we're all connected in what home means to each of us. I'm your host, Jalila Clark. Welcome to the show. Okay, well, hello. Uh, Thank you again for joining us on Are We Home Yet? podcast. So today we are interviewing Amanda. Hello, Amanda. How are you? Hey, how are you? Good, good, good. And so uh, where are you currently living? And how long have you been living there?
1: I'm in Valencia, Spain, and I've been here for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And we moved out of the United States two years ago, Mm -hmm. two and a half years ago. We moved to Holland first because that's where my husband's from. Mm -hmm. So we went there as kind of like an interim place to kind of regroup before we moved here Mm -hmm. uh, because it was easier for us to do all the legal stuff and um, get myself legally as a resident through Holland, it was easier than doing it through Spain. So we went there first.
0: Okay. Okay. And then, so, uh, okay. So then, uh, tell us what's it like living in your city? What's it like living in the country that you're living in? Like, tell us all about it.
1: Um, well, the city itself is fantastic. I really like it. It's very relatively small and easy to get around. Um, very friendly. Uh, beautiful weather, Mediterranean climate. So we have, you know, sunny days in the winter. It's a little bit chilly. Like today, it's probably in the high fifties, maybe low sixties.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then in the summer, it can be super hot. And so year round, is pretty much. Com- well, today actually, it's in the low sixties, so it's actually quite pleasant. And. Um, we live right near the beach, which is something that was a kind of a priority for me. We, we had lived inland before in the United States and we didn't want to do that again. Mm -hmm. So we moved to a coastal town and it's very Spanish. So you'd really have to assimilate yourself into the Spanish culture, which is really fun, Mm -hmm. very relaxed. They like to have a good time. They're all about enjoying life as opposed to working. So working is kind of more of a something you put in the background (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and uh the country itself i haven't seen a ton of the country because we haven't had a chance to travel that much because of covid Mm -hmm. but we did travel a little bit this summer and it's very beautiful depends on where you are every part of of spain is different there's like mountainous parts and drier parts and then parts near the water and then these beautiful forested green areas like in the northwest so there's you know a huge variety of terrain um the people are great they're very warm and welcoming easy to get along with um very you know very not snobby so it's really pleasant Mm -hmm. and this city particularly is is quite inexpensive so we really like that we kind of picked it because it had a lot of the things and that was one of the things that was on the list is to have a a quality of life that isn't overpriced
2: Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm
0: yeah. And uh, just uh, going back to when you mentioned like very Spanish. So like I do speak Spanish, but I noticed when I had visited Spain, I had visited Barcelona, Madrid. There was like a Castellano Spanish. Sí, Spanish. Yes. Oh, yeah. So like that was the slightly different from like the Spanish that I know of from, you know, having uh roots from Latin America. Like, OK, so tell me what has been your experience with that? Did you already speak that type of Spanish or did have you learned it or was it difficult? Well, well,
1: actually it is a it is like in in barcelona is where it's really a strong part of the culture they really don't speak what we call it regular spanish they speak castilian spanish so that's very specific to that area mm-hmm. here they speak a dialect called valenciano mm. but most of the people speak what we call regular spanish so you don't we don't really have to learn valenciano oh, okay we have not learned it it's quite different and um There's no real point in learning it because you get by really well. Everybody that we encounter speaks Spanish.
0: Okay. Okay. And then
1: what you might encounter is some of the older people that speak Valenciano, but they all speak regular Spanish too. It's more practical not to try to learn a dialect that you probably would never use anywhere else Mm -hmm. in the world. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And and that's so. good to know uh for you know definitely our listeners because that way they can you know understand that it's like you know just because you don't uh speak like a dialect that's okay, you know. I mean, if you speak, you know, say like, you know, uh, Spanish or French but like the Spanish or French that maybe you might have become accustomed to like say like some from taking classes in high school or college you sure. can still make it work abroad okay Absolutely. so yes. so that's that's good to know yeah
1: and you can actually get by here without even knowing Spanish I mean I speak it pretty basic Mm-hmm. um and i i took i took classes for a while and i'm, I'm not taking them right now most of the people i know speak enough to get by but to be like really good at it you really have to take classes okay. so um it's a commitment that i decided i wasn't gonna make at the moment because i just found it a little overwhelming i did it for about a year and i couldn't really handle it so i stopped but um I can do enough to get through my day-to-day life, you know, I'm comfortable enough to be able to go in and out of stores and, you know, get the things you need to get. It's, it is, it definitely is a challenge, but it's not something overwhelming. I mean, I know a lot of people who speak it really well and other people who just kind of speak it as good as I do.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: Let's cut to a quick commercial break. Enjoying the podcast? Then support the podcast. Click here to donate in the show notes, and keep the cool interviews with guests from around the world going. Check out the blog for handy information about living abroad, and buy the ebook, a great guidebook for moving abroad. Find the blog and ebook at the website, AreWeHomeYetPodcast.com. Again, that's are we home yet podcast.com. You can also donate on the website by scrolling all the way to the bottom and finding the donate button. All right, back to the show now. And so, okay, so then before you came to, you know, Holland and Spain, like, where did you move from before? Like, where where were you originally from?
1: Originally, I'm from Connecticut, and then I moved all over the United States in my adult life. I lived most of my most of my life in New York City,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then I moved um, at one point to Miami, and then it, and, and then I moved to L.A. for quite a long time. So I've lived on the East Coast and the West Coast, and then when before we moved here, we had moved back to the East Coast. So we moved here from North Carolina.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, um, so, you know, uh, are you currently employed or, and, and if yes, what is your profession? And if you're not currently employed, what was your profession uh, before? Um, I've been a
1: chef my whole life since I was in my early twenties. So, um, mostly I was in the private, uh, cooking world, which means I was doing everything but work at a restaurant. So I didn't really do much, much of that kind of work because I didn't like it. So, I did catering and private chefing and I worked at food magazines and I did food styling and I worked for people in their home cooking for them. And and then at the last 20 years, I I spent teaching cooking classes in people's homes. Mm,
2: wow. So now I'm
1: not working really right now, although I am starting to get a little bit of um work here, just kind of word of mouth. People are kind of asking me to do classes, so I'm gonna start doing some some classes. So it's not something I'm trying to do. It's just, if it comes my way, I'll do it.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so, okay. And so, you know, we had talked about this before. Like, you know, really, like I, I said to you, like the illustrious career that you had. You were a recipe developer for Food and Wine magazine, uh, for Essence magazine. You were a chef instructor a Sur La Table, uh, and Williams Sonoma in California. You know, just to name a few of really like the amazing accomplishments <laughs> that you had in your career. So, you know, um, at at this point, you know, I'm sure like anyone there would probably be like ecstatic like to to have you know be able to provide cooking classes but but what's it like to go from from having that really intense type of career to now you know you you like things are more relaxed in Spain and you know you're just kind of doing just some cooking classes every, every so often and and it sounds like for fun like what's that transition like
1: Um yeah, that's a good question. It is a little bit challenging because I did go from being really busy to suddenly not busy. Mm -hmm. But um, I've kind of adjusted to it really well. I I thought it was going to be a little bit harder than it is. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I really take to not working, it seems, with no problem. Um, (laughs) I have we have met a lot of people here. There's a lot of expats, so we've met, we've made a lot of friends. So we end up spending a lot of time socializing, which is really fun. Mm -hmm. so the main thing that I do now is socialize Mm -hmm. and then there of course there's a lot of bureaucratic stuff that needs to be taken care of here and that takes up it takes up quite a bit of time Um, it can be almost like a full-time job when you first get here there's a lot of legal things and paperwork and trying to open accounts and trying to find your way and get the doctors that you need and all those things that make up a life and it's harder in a foreign language so it takes up a lot more time -hmm. And that becomes like it could take up your whole day sometimes. So it Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like I'm just hanging around doing nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really get bored so far, but it could, you know, if if I do get to the point where I feel like I have a lot more time on my hands than I than I prefer, I probably start volunteering or Mm -hmm. do something like that. I don't think I would pursue necessarily, you know, quote unquote working because I don't really need to. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't really want to do all the hustling that you have to do to to like build a business again, because I did, I did that for so long and it's kind of a constant, never ending thing. So I don't think Mm -hmm. that's definitely not what I want to spend my time doing
0: mm- mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah and so okay so then let me ask you you know what what prompted your move from America and then you know what is your definition of home since you've been there a while presumably you feel like you have started to make a home or that you are I at home
1: do. Same. no I do feel that way here
0: it's we the number one reason
1: I think I feel that way is because we brought all our furniture which is really nice
2: mm-hmm.
1: so it made a huge difference because a lot of the people we know didn't bring anything but their clothes so they have rented apartments that are fully furnished and um I would prefer to have my own things so because we did bring all of our things we have a really nice comfortable apartment that feels more homey because it's our stuff you know so I look around and I have all my photographs and my artwork and things like that my kitchen stuff so that's made it feel really homey and then um you asked me why I left America oh America's Mm -hmm. a mess I I couldn't imagine actually I don't even want to visit I mean it's so bad I have to say Mm -hmm. when I talk to my friends that live there I feel sorry for them I just it's just so violent and so Mm uh divided and the politics and the anger between everybody and all the fighting that goes on and all the nastiness it just feels like it's gotten really out of control Mm -hmm. so it it felt like it was kind of coming to a point where I couldn't really handle it anymore when I was living Mm -hmm. there I really couldn't take it anymore Mm -hmm. Uh, once you know Trump got in and then we felt um and also we felt both my husband and I felt really strongly we couldn't afford to really retire there
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: way too expensive for us so we were looking for a lower cost of living and a better quality of life, so we picked mm-hmm. this, this country because it has both those things.
0: Yeah, and and I agree. And speaking to the quality of life, I mean, it is amazing. Like the the how far really money can go in other countries. Obviously, you know, if you're making a certain amount of money, how far your money can go in a different country. You know, if you have the ability to still make that same kind of money or similar money from America. Sure. So you know there are like I constantly see like new uh magazine articles, um online uh articles that you know mention that oh well, well these are the countries where you can live for this amount of money and you know and 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 they mention like oh you know you, you can have a home you can live next to the beach you can you know what I mean like lots of different things like for instance like where where I'm originally from Panama it's constantly mentioned um, as a yes. place where like you you can really live a good life as an expat because, you know, presumably you're still making expat money, you know, in a place where like the cost of living is less. Where I currently live right. in China, you know, I am making, you know, m- still a comparable uh, Western salary. So yeah, my cost of living, you know, come, you know, the amount of money that I'm using for my cost of living, yeah, definitely can go farther. So I completely agree. Quality of life really does expand. It it definitely does. Yes, um,
2: absolutely.
0: So then, what what is your definition of home? So like, so like, if someone says like 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 what, what makes you feel at home? Like besides, you know, besides some pieces of furniture, like what makes you feel like, ah, this is home. Oh, that's a good
1: question. Um, I don't think I have a good answer for that. I've moved <laughs> so many times that I don't really, I'm not that attached to the whole idea of home. quote unquote.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not really big into, um, being in one place. Cause I like, I kind of like moving. So for mm-hmm. me, Home is just wherever I want, wherever I want to be. It's mm-hmm. not like it has to. There isn't really a thing that makes it home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as I'm there and I'm with people that I care about, and if I'm with my, I have my. Um, we brought our cat. You know, so like stuff like that. We like most of the people we know of animals. Brought their animals.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That
1: makes it feel like you're at home if you have your pet with you, or your, you know, obviously your your mate or your spouse with you. That makes you feel very mm-hmm. much at home. Like we could probably live anywhere as long as we're together. Is how we mm-hmm. see it. Mm-hmm. so um it's not really about stuff I don't really you know even though I'm happy to have my things mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't say that's what makes it feel homey I don't know really why I feel I think it's just a, like a soulful thing I feel really connected to the place on, on a level that I can't really describe it's like you have a feeling for a place and I have a nice feeling for this place and I felt the same way in a few other places I lived in my life and other places I've lived, I haven't had that feeling for. So I'm not really sure why it is that way. I think it's just the essence of the place. It just clicks with
0: me. So uh, I know you had mentioned like some furniture and stuff. And so like, what two things did you physically have to do to create a home? So, you know, you mentioned furniture and, and I think you had mentioned art, or maybe we had talked about that before. Is there like any, like, is there like one piece that like, you look at it and you think like, wow, like, you know, if you're not having a great day or or if you're tired or, you know, if you just need that sense of like familiar or nostalgia, is there like one particular item that you look at and it's like, wow, that, that feels good. Like that. That's,
1: um, I, that's a hard question too, because I, everything that I have, I feel that way about. Okay. I have a lot of art, a mm-hmm. lot, a lot, a lot. So I think every single thing that's art in our house makes me feel comfortable and comforted Mm -hmm. so I think probably the art is the most important
0: thing for me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. and is there any any one piece that like you know kind of bring brings more memories than any other
1: yeah my mom was an artist and I have a lot of her artwork on the walls so Mm -hmm. maybe I'd say that would be the thing that that gives me the most because it's it's from my childhood you know stuff that I grew up with and Mm -hmm you know she's had her art has been around me my whole life. So I have quite a bit of her framed art on the wall.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I think that's probably the, the most homey that you could get is to be connected to your mom in some way, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. I mean just even, you know, photo every time like I see my mom's photo. Yeah, I'm just like, Yeah. Mom. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's right. Um, Okay. And then, so, so then I'll ask you as well. um, And and this is something I'm curious about because I'm such a foodie. I love to eat lots of different things. Um, So like, how have your recipes been influenced by local flavors? Because, you know, now instead of say, you know, maybe having access to like an imported thing, you know, it's, it's right there, whatever seasoning or spice or something that, you know, is, is is local to Spain or local to Valencia like has your cooking changed in any way like has it been influenced in certain ways
1: yes um the olive oil here is pretty amazing and it's really inexpensive and you can get it made locally you Mm -hmm. know from right around the corner people make olive uh, make olive oil all the time so we buy it locally from like a farm Mm -hmm. which is fantastic the eggs are amazing they're all like from farms and they're these beautiful yolks that are you know bright orange that are not like what you get in the United States I think all the food here is is quite um, the stuff you buy in the market is very fresh mm-hmm. without chemicals all over it and not being sprayed with colorings and different things like they do in America so you get more really local um, you know very much grown in the area which I like so there's it hasn't really changed the way I cook, except that I'm really appreciating the ingredients.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, cool. And, you know, it sounds like, like Spain is great. And, and I guess I'm just curious, like, you know, do you hope to, do you guys hope to just remain there or, you know, I don't know in, in some time, is there someplace else that you would like to like, you know, take a look at and say, mm, I don't know, let, let's try to live there. So far, no, we don't have anywhere else in mind
1: to go live. Mm -hmm. But because it's such a great location, we can travel pretty much all over Europe from here. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. both of us would like to do a lot of traveling, you know, and kind of just explore, first of all, this country,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and then other countries. So we have friends, I have friends all over Europe that I want to visit. It's just, it's been a little hard because of this pandemic. Um, But I'm just, we're going to start doing it We're going to start taking some trips, like we're going at the end of the month to southern Spain for a week. And so we're going to do that kind of stuff. Just take shorter trips, you know, a week here, a week there, just to explore. But I don't think we would move. I don't see that happening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Neither one of us wants to move, so
2: okay.
0: Okay. we'll probably
1: use this as a home base, I would say.
0: All right. Well, uh, that's about all the time that we have today. And I just want to say again, thank you, Amanda, for taking the time to be interviewed. Um, and if anyone listening to this podcast, Are We Home Yet, um, would like to, you know, follow up on any information about Spain or maybe Amanda and her cooking, you know, we we are going to be posting information on social media. So uh, make sure to look at our website, arewehomeyetpodcast.com. And then, of course, there's going to be information on the show notes. I hope you have a great day, Amanda, as well as our listeners. Thank you again. Thank you so much. It was fun. Nice talking to you. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Tune into my interview with Amy from Australia, who was excited to begin a new life as an educator in China, but almost a year later would return home unexpectedly due to concerns about the COVID outbreak. Now that some time has passed, she's making plans for a new adventure as an expat in Korea. I hope you enjoyed the show. Remember to hit subscribe and to stay updated, head over to are we home yet Podcast.com. I'm
2: Jalila Clark. See you next time.